Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. none the season's no. over jim how are you doing what's happening this is to go long podcast here with jim monas and tyler dunn entertaining finish entertaining finish to bengals rams it was uh you know right down to the wire we were just kind of bullshitting a little bit before we hit record not you know not the best played game but it was close i don't know what are your thoughts yeah i, I um yeah I, I came away saying that it was fun it was a fun ending um well it was good it was a good game it was a really good game I don't want to take away from it it was a really good game we got spoiled that the Bills Chiefs game that was like to me that was high high level football like I think we all came away from that. Like, what did we just, what, what did we really just watch? I think now we can even go back and revisit that and appreciate how well, really how great those two teams are and, and play that night, especially the, you know. I, yeah. I mean, this Super Bowl was a big night. knife to the gut. If you're a Bills fan, it really was. Oh, I agree. Oh, you know? this, this, it takes time. Oh, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. Still too soon. If you're watching that and you're the Buffalo Bills, I mean, you've got to be thinking, man, we really screwed this. It was, it was the opportunity was right there. If you're, if, if your defense can get a stop with 13 <laughs> seconds left, but they couldn't, but Hey, you know what? Let's not live in hindsight. Uh, All right. Let's it, get it. You're in. right. I, I don't want to poo poo this game. It was entertaining. I, I would was, rather have that kind of game than what we had last year with Kansas City, Tampa Bay, where it was pretty much over by the second quarter. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think last night was a good – like I said, I thought it was a good game. Yeah. I'm with I you. I think what kind I of just, is giving me pause, though, is the officiating, you know, the consistency. If you're going to just do the prison rule kind of game where anything goes and Jalen Ramsey's head can kind of get turned around, fine. Nope. You know, fine I'm fine. You know what? If, if that's – then the players know, okay, we can be physical – we can tow that line. We, we can push the limit. Like you don't with two minutes left, all of a sudden pull the Cincinnati oh, Bengals like, over for going 42 and a 35, you know, 
It's like they were just uh, waiting behind a bush, waiting to waiting to get him there. It, it, it was insane. I mean, Logan Wilson, third and goal from the eight to be called for defensive holding uh, with the game on the line. I mean, leave it to the NFL to insert themselves, the officials to insert themselves uh, with the season that we've had. And it sometimes I wonder, are we just kind of bitching about all this officiating because of social media, because we can, everybody has a mouthpiece to like complain about it. But I don't know, Jim, like all these primetime games, there is something ridiculous in a key moment that happens again and again. And it just, it doesn't make sense. I I don't know how you throw a flag there other than the fact that maybe you're looking for a makeup call from that Jalen Ramsey, because it just doesn't make any sense. I'd be living right now if I was Cincinnati. Oh, well, I need, this is where I needed to talk. Like I needed therapy. So I bet the under in the game, the total under, I got it at 49 total points. So that Jalen Ramsey penalty or non-penalty, I, I don't understand. I, that is the most, I don't, you can't, you, there is nothing you can tell me to justify not calling that offensive pass interference. That's ridiculous. To, he ends up to me, he, that's an interception. Like he stopped to make that he had to stop and come back to that ball. I mean, the receiver, that was a, that wasn't even like a good throw. You know what I mean? It was a jump ball. Yeah. And I, I just. Was it difficult to see in the moment, you know, watching it at home? I, I didn't even notice it, but I, I, I it's their job watched, to notice it, but it maybe I it was keep tough. watching the replay and the official said the official, no, this is my issue. The official said that he did not grab and, um, turn it i think he said grab and turn yeah he didn't grab and turn the face mask he said if if ramsey if ramsey touched chase and and yanked and or not what no they're throwing that flag how do you not throw that flag? i don't know i you know that's that's your point to your point and then the end of the game that that's disappointing like it is it's disappointing. That is probably what's most frustrating is when we see a call like that or a non-call like that, and there's no accountability. That, that after the game, the league is defending the officials, and the official, the NFL officiating account is explaining why they did what they did, and it it's, it just it doesn't make any sense. Like anybody with a brain that watches that, it's hard. It sees it for what it is. Like just. Yeah, but just be even after the fact when it's done. Just be honest, like yes, just own up to it. You know, we're I'm giving a guy like you know Sean McDermott or a head coach or a player grief for not being upfront after a game and explaining something that happens on the field. There's never any accountability for officials, and if you say something bad about the officials after the game, you're fined, which is stupid. <laughs> But I don't, I mean, that just, if that really was that's their reasoning, funny. I hadn't seen that. That's, that's. I really think about it like that. You're right. They don't. Yeah. They don't and they're not full time. Talk about them. You get fined. It's hard. And I don't like, to, it, I hate even spending this much time on officials, but to your Me point, right. it's, but yeah, but, to, but it's to your, they make it about them when these are game changing, critical moment plays. And it's, it is, it's frustrating. It's fr- and, and the world of gambling, like we, I know, it, don't think for a second 
the bigger this gambling gets, which it's not even, I can't even tell you how big it is. It, I think the uh, state of New York's over 2 billion already. Um, oh my God. It's like, it's, it's going off the charts. Um, but don't think for a second, now that gambling is, is going to be a little more mainstream and a little more, um, the market is huge. <laughs> it's going to come into question for these officials sometimes. I'm just throwing it out there and I hate it. I totally agree. I hate it because I'm a gambler and I don't, you have to believe that they, those guys are out there doing the best they can and they won't fall for it, but it's happened before. Boston College, NBA. Tim Donahue. Yep. There's so much money. I mean, we're talking that, billions with a B, not millions billions. with an M. It's, it's take, that's, that's why now it's like, and does the NFL benefit from a certain team winning? Um, <laughs> I don't think we're being conspiracists by bringing this up. I totally agree that you see what I'm it, it like, should be in question. I mean, what if they have a deal with DraftKings or Caesars or somebody, the NFL? And if Caesar says, hey, all the money is coming in on the Rams, we need like we need the bank, like we need the bangles. Bangles, we can all get, we can all get paid. Crazier things have happened. It's sickening. And it is, and you know what, even if it's not true, the fact that we're sitting here talking about it as a realistic possibility is kind of a problem. I don't, and I don't, I really, really don't think it's, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's it's just so gross how the league has wrapped itself into gambling. It it is. The ads are everywhere. It's disgusting. Like when I see Breeze and the Mannings on these commercials, these guys have never gambled a day in their life. Like they, it is a strict, like, they, that, that's not who they are. They don't speak the lingo. They didn't live the life. That they just they got speak the crazy. lingo of money. They probably got a good cut to do those no, that's ads. What they know. That's what they. That's what. I, that's what makes me sick about those commercials. Is that is a straight? I mean, good for them. I don't care. So that's just a straight money grab. They're gonna. They're gonna. These gam. These casinos are gonna put these guys out in front of you to think. Oh well, the Mannings and Drew Brees. They they gamble. We should too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's so funny. Like the NFL, like right before kickoff, they do this every Super Bowl. It's, they, they, they push a lot of initiatives and it's a clear messaging from the NFL. Like they, I don't know. It's on one hand, they're trying to show how diverse they are as a league and they're showing, girls playing football and they want it to be inclusive and you know great you know doing all this stuff right before kickoff so everybody sees it and then boom what happens a few minutes later a gambling ad and it's like they're kind of all over the place here nfl kind of all over the place but um all right we can stop being cynical for a second there was a super bowl yeah play. i'm sorry it was I a good game was my fault that was my fault <laughs> i, I it, it really was like i really was upset that that I don't usually, I try not to get too worked up on calls, but that face, man, I just, I couldn't understand it. All right. That's enough. I'm good. I okay. Go. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, you know, when I was tempted right after the game, I wanted to write about the officiating so bad. And I was like, you know what? We can't just talk about the officiating all the time because the Bengals really did fun. have a chance to win. 
Yeah. The Rams did make the plays when they had to make the plays. No doubt. That's I mean, the that, story here. That is the story. I mean, we can't, I mean, with those throws Stafford was making on that drive was, that was pretty special. That was special. Well, let's start with this then because Matt Stafford, he said it to ESPN right after the game. And it was interesting. Like they asked him about um, the Cooper cup relationship. And he mm-hmm. basically said in so many words, like, you know, basically whatever we were doing wasn't working. And I just had to get the ball to Cooper cup when they took the ball over uh, what six and a half minutes to go. Cooper cup had six targets at that point. And I think the Rams had like nine, 29 rushing yards on 18 attempts at that point. So Sean McVay, I mean, they're just running into a brick wall. Yeah, series to series. It, it was kind of the Patriots Super Bowl all over again. Maybe not that bad, but McVay was having a, he was having a rough night, you know, schematically what they were trying to do wasn't working. And Odell Beckham Jr. Went down uh, that. That's that what I didn't was help just at say. all, but you that still have crazy. the best receiver in football, maybe the best no player in football. And you're not just getting them the ball. Like who cares what coverage they're in? I get it. Scheme, scheme, scheme. This league's all about scheme. That's how 21 to three leads just evaporate because coaches <laughs> figure something out and boom. You, you, you have the three touchdown lead. So I get that, but you know what? Sometimes it's not that complicated and, and Matt Stafford decided to not make it complicated. And that throw that you're referencing is one of the best throws you're going to see. I mean, I mean it's a no look. He looks yeah. one way to get Von Bell moving one way. Then he looks the other way to get him thinking that way. And he holds that glare, that stare and zips it to Cooper cup. Two other underrated throws in that game. The, on the last drive when Burrow on that very first play on that out to, um, and, and Ramsey jumped it, that throw was insanely good. He had air on that. Ramsey, Ramsey read that. Ramsey was trying to end the game. He read it. He knew what he, he was trying to. That was a pick six. But the way Burrow threw that ball was so perfect over him, led him. Per, it was an incredible throw. The other underrated throw, Joe Mixon's touchdown throw. Yes. Actually really a pretty throw i mean his the way he just touched that thing on the move those were two really underrated throws of that game there were some there were some incredible just that's the good stuff like that was a really good football game it was it was a good game it was and and, you know i'm with you on bill's rams and and how entertaining and exciting it was but i do get bob's point on how easy things seem to come for both offenses and the fact that it's not coming quite as easy in a Super Bowl is okay with me. It was tough. And oh yeah, I'm with you. Aaron Donald. Oh you know, I, I mean, how many Cooper times? Cup does his thing and then Aaron Donald does his. I mean, it's like he's been doing it. It's like Donald's been doing this for so long, we don't even think about it anymore. Like it's almost, you know, it's what he does. You know, he played over a thousand snaps in the regular season. Over a thousand snaps. And if you look at his big plays, they always happen at the end of games. Most of them. It's when the offensive linemen are tired. You know, you get to snap number 65, yeah. the, you know, yeah. 315 pounds <laughs> of just sweat and grime yeah. and rolls. And you're just hanging on for dear life. And then Aaron Donald and his freaking six pack and God knows how much body fat on him. He's built unlike any defensive lineman in NFL history. It's it's just asinine. You, and he's got all the energy know. in the world. And that's what happened. 
That's what Sean McVay called it on that NFL films. Have you caught that? He goes, oh, Aaron Donald's going to make a play. Yeah. And he did. He, 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 you know, brings the guy down with an arm on third and one. And then he, uh, waste Quentin Spain, you know, Quentin Spain battled. I thought, I thought he played well. You know, he, he played about as hard as he could. Yeah. And then in that moment, Aaron Donald gets him. He gets to Joe Burrow. Two things come to mind there for me, Jim. I want to get your, your take as well. Like Aaron Donald is superhuman you know, and he had the big sack, right. To hold him to a field goal earlier, but God, Hey, maybe there's something we don't know with Joe Mixon, but why isn't Joe Mixon out there? Why is it Smash P Ryan? Why isn't he fighting harder for a yard, it looked like he made the wrong read too, but he also didn't really drive his legs that hard. And um, the the throw, I mean, that ridiculous, you know, three sixty getting taken to the ground throw by Joe Burrow. I get it, you know, maybe maybe P Ryan doesn't have a shot at it, but he didn't. I don't. He didn't really even dive for the ball. It was a little strange. Uh, anyways, and then the play calling itself was wasn't good. So. Do the end of the game, are you um are you thinking more Donald is superhuman? What a stop by the Rams, or are you thinking, wow, the Bengals really botched this? They needed 15 yards to get into Evan McPherson range and uh terrible play calls and, and terrible execution. I thought the sack, I thought that was superhuman. I don't think that was I for him for him to get that edge on Spain like that and to get that edge and dip like that and not slow down that quickly, like Burrow didn't think there was any way he was getting pressure that quickly. Like, you know, that was superhuman. That, 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 that play was. Um, the third day. Yeah. Jamar Chase was run. open too. If he had a second it, more, Jamar Chase is incredible. wide open. It, it is. That's, there did, I mean, that's the value of like that's what the Bengals. I mean, can they live like that? Like, you can't. They got to figure that out. That's a major offseason overhaul they, they need to make. It's going to be hard. It's hard to win that way when you can't protect. Right, he was sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL. Is it all the offensive line? Is it any I, anything on, would, on Burrow not improvising a little bit more? I feel like Burrow's pretty good. I feel like he gets rid of the ball. I think I don't think he holds it long. I think he – I've watched enough of him that I, I don't think – I think it's the O-line. And I, I, I hate, like, just saying that because, you know, I don't study that offensive line enough individually to say, hey, there might be three good players, two are just – you know, I don't know. I, I can't sit there and say what they need to do to fix that O-line, but they need to, I mean, they'll, they'll, they've invested in it. I mean, some of those guys are, they are high round picks they've made the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean. But that is scary. I mean. You could say the same thing about Josh Allen and the Bills. I There's that propensity to want to assume that you're going to have these opportunities year in oh. and year out. You it's, don't, I mean, look, there's so many examples. Dan Marino, when he gets to the Super Bowl, I'm everybody assumed he'd be back year in and year out. He never he never returned to the game. Aaron Rodgers still, going on a decade. I still so can't many believe. great quarterbacks. Dan Fouts. Man, did right. I fall down a Dan Fouts rabbit hole this weekend? <laughs> right. I love oh. that story. Yeah, I mean, I'm work, working on that on that book, and I just uh I can't stop watching Fouts and, and those San Diego Charger teams, and it's 
it's insane how much better he was than pretty much every other quarterback for his era, for his time in that offense. But they went to two AFC championship games. I mean, they never sniffed the Super Bowl themselves either. So it's, it's I, hey, I love Joe Burrow as much as anybody. But, and I think he'll, I think he'll be back in the Super Bowl because he's that talented. There's no guarantees. I, how that game ended is, is going to haunt Cincinnati for a long time, whether it's the officiating, the you, play calls, the execute, all of it, all of no it. No doubt. Like I keep, I always reference the Saints. Like never made it back. Yeah, Saints. After we win with all those opportunities, they, you know, the, the crazy, the crazy call against the Rams, you know, the, the Vikings play, the Diggs play against, I mean, that's how hard it is, you know, to get back. Those teams were those Saints teams were good enough to win another Super Bowl, and they couldn't even get back. Like that's how hard it is. Just like the Bills, their team. Now we know this: the Bills team is capable of winning a Super Bowl. We know this. Like they are. They've proven it. They, they, you know that it's they can win a Super Bowl. We've all so are a handful of teams. It's hard to get. It's just so hard to get there. Yeah. There's so many things that have to go your way to get there. Who else stood out to you in the Super Bowl that maybe isn't being discussed enough? Any play, any player, any no element from the game? I, I thought Mixon, I thought Mixon did pretty well. I feel like people thought he wasn't going to do much against that Rams defense. I felt like they could have used him maybe a little more. Um, he seemed to have some pretty nice play, like pretty nice runs. Like, yeah, I didn't feel like he ever got into like a rhythm rhythm. I just feel like, well, we talked about him plenty. I just feel like that's a guy you want to, you want him worn out at the end of the game. Yeah. If I'm the, you know, if I'm, if I'm the Bengals, I want Joe Mixon, like, I want to get every ounce of his talent on that field, running, receiving, get him the ball. And it, it takes all, it, it changes the whole dynamic of a game, as we know, you know, with the running game. 15 carries, 72 yards, five receptions yeah, like, for one yard. Yeah, that which is strange, I know. But that 15, like 15. Didn't seem like enough. Think 15 for 72. Like that's what there was. He was, he was getting, he was doing well, man. He was having some chunk runs. Right, because you're gonna get, you're gonna slow down the pass rush. You know, it, it, <laughs> those I defensive linemen can't just, yeah. you know, pin their ears back and. I don't know. And he's, I, it's surprising. You know, I, I, a, a play that I think is gonna haunt Cincinnati and definitely this this player for a long time. Uh, there it is, third and nine, six minutes yeah. and twenty two seconds left. Tyler Boyd. I was thinking about you on that play. He has his first drop of the season. His first drop of the season. I was thinking about you. I was like, man. Well, they're at their 40-yard line. It it would have been close to the first down marker, so you probably go for it even if it's fourth and one. And you're up at that point 20 to 16. So you think you're going to get a field goal at least. I agree with you. And give the Rams not a lot of time. Um, You know, right when he dropped that – yeah. I didn't, I was like, that's, that's the, 
the game. I don't I don't know what the way we're it's, trained to think about the NFL and these quarterbacks and these offenses that even though Stafford wasn't lights out at that point, you you give I'm, any team an opening, that's wrap. I'm a I'm such a believer when you see when you see a play that's out of the norm for that player, something's off. You know, that's when you're like something's off right now. You know, hold like Boyd never drops that. Never. All of a sudden, he just, you're like, stuff like that happens. You're like, okay, this is hold on tight. The way he dropped it, too. I mean, it was the alligator arms anticipating even, contact. I mean, that's not him at all. Like, He's as, as tough of a slot receiver as you're going to find. Everything you've seen. Yes. No question. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Oh, he had 67 catches on the season for 828 yards, not one drop. Just rock solid. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, so I guess the other thing that'll be interesting, like talking about how hard it is to get back, but are the Rams built, are the Rams built to make a, like, are they built to make a run or is this just a, we, hey, this, they, we they've got, got a window team. here still, right? They do. So okay. they, I mean, obviously all, all and you know i wasn't really all in on the matthew stafford decision but it obviously paid off like what they did for stafford von miller jalen ramsey you know, i mean not no first the, round pick for seven years in a row but it's all worth it when you win a super bowl completely he, i mean he threw two picks i mean the one was whatever i guess whatever but like he did throw a lot of interceptions this year. Like he didn't necessarily like he played really well and to go to a team like that and, and win them over and all that. I mean, like we talked about on the last part, they, they got everything that they needed from that move. It wasn't just the talent. It was the other stuff. It was the last drive toughness. It was his ankle. Like, that didn't look good when he had his ankle rolled up. He and Burrow, like both those guys, to be that, they're so tough. So, yeah, they, Rams got what they, I mean. But this is why we shouldn't be looking into passer rating numbers. And no. I don't even think we should. I get it. Turnovers are, are, are huge. It's you know biggest indicator between wins and losses. No, but no. here you have the most sacked quarterback in Joe Burrow. In second interceptions, by the way. And here you have Matthew Stafford, who threw the most interceptions in the league, including four pick sixes. But both of these quarterbacks are going to keep driving the ball downfield through everything. What does Matthew Stafford do on the game winning drive? He's throwing no look passes to Cooper Cup through tight coverage. Like it's it's the opposite of what you saw out of the league MVP against the 49ers. Where he wasn't even testing them down the field at all. It was he does play very concerned about that passer rating and not wanting to turn the ball over, which is a good thing. Like he's historically his touchdown interception ratio is absurd. Aaron Rodgers. but you get into the playoffs. This is why they haven't been to back to the Super Bowl for 10 years. It's just, you, you need to have a fearlessness to your play style that he doesn't have that. A lot of guys don't have a lot of really good quarterbacks don't have it. And credit to Sean McVay and the Rams for realizing that was in Matt Stafford. I, I agree. He made those throws, and it's not always going to be perfect, but he's got a set on him, and he's gonna he's gonna 
he's going to give you an opportunity down the field. Same with Joe Burrow. So I don't, I guess with him, that's probably the takeaway. I mean, that throw alone, boom, that's why you made the trade. That's why you did it. Hmm. And to answer your question on if it can, yeah, I mean, yeah. Stafford's going to be good. He's got another, what, three, four years playing like this. Oh, yeah. I'd say. I agree. Um, Von Miller, I don't know. They gave up a second and third for him. They'll take yeah, whatever that, they can. Aaron Donald's not going to retire, right? Like, he's not going to retire. You I wouldn't think. I would. <laughs> I mean, it's all, you know, he he's, whatever his situation is, that's up to him financially. But, I mean, he, sh- he should be good for life. I mean, I saw Jeff Schwartz who came on this podcast. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. What he said. One of the smartest uh, former he's players just, going. Oh, he's, he's so good. He, he made, I think it was him. I don't want to speak out of line, but I think he made the point on Twitter that, yeah, it sounds, you know, you're, he's thinking about retirement until you got to start, you know, paying money back to the Rams and you get down to the nitty gritty and what you know a team. So I don't, I don't know what the breakdown is on his contract. I don't either. Um, but. I hope he doesn't. He's so fun to watch. Amazing. No, I know Jalen Ramsey. He obviously got toasted there a little bit, but he's still a number one corner, a rare lockdown corner. He's going to be good for a while. I just, that position is so hard to play. Um, They're going to get Robert Woods back. Robert Woods was out. I know. I know. It was good. Odell Beckham. I think the I mean the Rams. We, we say this every time a team wins the Super Bowl, but Beckham, they're gonna be they're gonna be good next year. That injury that injury cost him. He should stay there if they want him back, especially coming off this injury, because he's not gonna get the big deal now. Yeah, I don't think he'll get overpaid now. No way, not coming on. That's the second time on that one. Man, you're right. So if the Rams want to keep him, he should stay there, whatever the price is. Because mm-hmm. you're, you know, that's going to be a great fit for you with Woods coming back, and he can um, make up that money and endorsements and, and such in LA too. Like he won't be hurting. He you know, was, it's, it's bad timing for an injury, but he'll be okay. That is that injury was that cost him some money. Yeah. Super Bowl prediction 2022. Let's hear it. No, I don't. That's I know. It is I so funny like, how people people are so quick to turn the page and I know. I was like, <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, you sit there and watch that game. And sure enough, good old William and Mary in North Carolina, Wilmington. We're tipping off at 2 p.m. today. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Nice transition. Take my mind off. No football. Yeah. Well, it was a uh it was a fun season. It was. It flew I by. I feel like we were just sitting here talking to yeah, this Chris one Sims to kick things off way back. And I know. I agree. Um, so, okay. When are we going to – what are we going to go and drink at Hamburg? That's what we, that's what we got to do. You know, It has to go down. It has to go down. I did talk to our, to our buddy John Russo at Hamburg. They're booking up fast, but if people are interested, uh, we can definitely do a spring draft extravaganza once again and uh, have a little fun there. That was great to meet people. I want to do it again. And I I can't say it enough. I mean, hey, 
the season's over, but I really think we're just getting started. I love the off season. It's such a great opportunity to uh, sit down with these players, do some long form stories and figure out the how, the why, the what there's, there are a ton of questions around this league and I feel like we were just talking about Aaron Rodgers' future. That's a biggie. What about Baker Mayfield, Cleveland? What's going to happen there? It's. I was thinking about that. It's funny. The Rodgers thing is going to dominate the. He's going to as long as he wants it to dominate it, you know. Uh, very interesting that the day before the Super Bowl, both of the uh, heavyweights, right, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, know them both, and they're. If they're putting something out, they're standing behind it. They're they're both talking to people in the Packers organization. And the Packers are putting it out there very publicly that they want to pay Aaron Rodgers a lot of money. And they will move mountains to make it happen. And I thought Andrew Brandt nailed it. Like, as somebody that worked worked for the Packers and has been in the league, a little odd that that would be made public. Right. Like what if, why would you put that out there? I think, I think that it could, it could be true. Like they obviously he's the MVP you want him back, but Aaron Rodgers clearly has the leverage now and they gave him the freedom to seek a trade and go where he wants, if that's what he wants. And um, if he does, if they do trade him, well, they can kind of look back and say, we tried, like we were willing to go to this extreme for him. We did everything we could. So that's a biggie. We'll talk about it. Kyler Murray, Arizona. Very strange situation there. Um, Really strange. You know, I I had heard things about his leadership, people with the team that aren't really seeing much in that department out of Kyler Murray. I I think that they're unhappy with him. And I think Kyler Murray is probably trying to let the Cardinals know, Hey, look, you know, my contract's going to be up soon. Let, let's, let's see a little something, something um, where there's smoke, there's fire. How big is that fire? That's the question. I think that's to you, a what's a storyline, Jim. Let's how many times, how many NFL players sit with the commissioner? Why is Russell Wilson always with the commissioner? It's not a coincidence. I need to know what's going on with that. He wants to be an owner. He wants Which to own a team. I would, that would be that would be awesome. That would be awesome. And like if that's true. If that's really true, that would be. I think that would be great. He's gonna get out of Seattle. I, I just cannot see him in Seattle. I know he's saying all the lovey-dovey things, but you know Russell Wilson says a lot of lovey-dovey things. I. With the way last season went down, I'd be shocked. I, I don't know if there was another backdoor agreement that we don't know about with Seattle and Russell Wilson. Maybe he does have the ability to get out if he wants out. Um, Pete Carroll isn't going to want to rebuild. John Schneider probably is willing to. It's going to be the offseason of the quarterback all over again, probably more so than last offseason. There's a lot of teams that are going to I mean, – Murray. Kirk Cousins, the, the Vikings, thing. all these situations. Lots yeah, of teams are looking lot. to reset. There's a lot. There's probably a lot of teams with all these new coaches too. And these quarterback, like new coaches that may need quarter, like 
could be the all-in method for a guy you know who knows like there well, i don't know a- like you made the great point too like it's not a model a blueprint no, it not, was not so for- teams are going to try to go all in though right they're going to try that i it wouldn't shock me to see somebody doing all in for one like for a rogers or a russell it would that would not surprise me now you know that wouldn't surprise me here's where i was probably wrong on the rogers thing and i was really stressing how they could get so much for him last offseason and I really didn't think, you know, you fast forward a year, he's a year older, a year of wear and tear, um, that that price tag, I just, just really thought would go down. It's still going to be pretty high. I like, think they, they can, high. especially with what Stafford just did with the Rams, there's going to be teams out there. I mean, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, why wouldn't you just try to blow the Packers away? If you're the Denver Bron- Broncos, blow the Packers away. And it would behoove Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be there, right? If he does, you know, they'll bring him back, even though you know how far he'll take you. <laughs> but it's there's going to be an opportunity there. Russell Wilson, there'll be an opportunity there. Ky- Kyler Murray, are we there already with him? Like, would they move Kyler Murray? Maybe? I, mean, I don't know. You can't say anything's off that. I agree. That's what I'm saying. You don't know now. As soon as if you don't have a quarterback and you see that story come out on Murray, okay, let's talk. Let's pick up the phone. What do we want to throw at him? Hey, if you're Mike McDaniel, not to yeah. completely switch yeah, gears, yeah. yeah. Um, are you just completely embracing Tua Tonga Viola? Like, do you really? Maybe that was maybe that's part of the deal when he's interviewing yes. for the job. Like Stephen Ross is saying, "Hey, you know, we believe in Tua. You've got to believe in Tua. Make it work." I. Yeah, I think you embrace him. For at least a year? <laughs> I think you embrace him for sure. You, you think there's okay. something into it? No, I, I think I came to the conclusion watching him that he is a he's a Garoppolo, like that style where he's he can get you, I think, so far. But he does do some good things. He did. He did play well. He did some really good things on third down this year that I liked. Um, I thought he showed some toughness running the ball. He, he just makes some really, really, he's not a good decision maker. And he doesn't, and he doesn't, and he doesn't test you down the field. Right. right. And I, I like Devonte Parker. I like um, him, but he, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, need need him to actually start really doing it you know i i liked him too i thought he was a weapon i thought he they'll we'll probably see. try to be a running team right he's going to try to replicate what they had in san francisco it's so like, hard <laughs> it's so hard. he's probably it is because their offensive line isn't necessarily uh that no. san fran offensive line they operated like I mean, there's not an offensive line that looked prettier moving, you know, watching football. Like the way they move and they're so intelligent as a group. Like they they just they know exactly who they need to block all the time. Oh, there's so many directions we can go here. And I'm it's sorry, be yeah, a lot of just, fun. Yeah. No, it's it good. is. It's hope is in the air <laughs> for 32 teams. There's all a lot over of again. Excited. 
I mean, if the Cincinnati Bengals can do it, why can't another team, right? So amazing. All right. Well, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, watching it. God bless you if you're watching us right now at golongtda.com. We appreciate it. Um, we're gonna keep this rolling, man. I don't I don't see I don't see why we should stop. Let's do it. I'm gonna get Bob McGinn on one of these. Let's do a go long season wrap up, happy plenty hour. To plenty to talk about. Things are gonna keep happening, plenty to talk about. No doubt about it. Hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear, what you want to read. We'll make it happen. And as we've said several times over, the happy hours are back, baby. Stevie Johnson came on last weekend. He was entertaining as hell, insightful. It was a lot of fun. So check that one out. And let us know who you want to hang out with. It's a community. We want to make, we'll, we'll find it. We'll, we, have, we have a Bears fan who subscribes, Jim. He wanted to hang out with Olin Krutz. Olin was all about it. So Frank cool. Winters, same thing. Leroy Butler is a Hall of Famer. We'll bring I, Leroy I back. I forgot to text you that. We were talking, you mentioned that the other night. That's pretty cool. I loved him. He's as the a kind of guy fan. Leroy is too. Like he just, you know, the night that he got his jacket, um, I'm like, I'm just going to text him and just congratulate him. And there's, yeah. I, I text him. There is zero chance that you're even checking your phone right now. Yeah. 15 seconds later, he texts back like, and it's, it's not because no. we've got a relationship. Yeah. I'm not making it. He he's just that kind of guy. He probably he texted back every single person that reached out to him because he's just a good human being. He, I love Cause you know, I grew up a Packers fan like you did. And he, for me, believe it or not, like made me really appreciate safeties. Yeah. Like I was a, you know, I don't know if I ever really appreciated safeties, but watching the Packers all the time, you're like this, like he made such a difference on that team. And it always, when I thought of like, he made me realize how important safeties are for a defense. Man, he revolutionized it. And we, we throw he, that he term did. around a lot, but he really did, he you know, did covering receivers blitzing awesome. with Fritz Shermer's awesome. scheme it was awesome. he had six and a half sacks the year they won the Super Bowl um it didn't even like I, yes I'm so glad he got in you know, random but with uh was it T Higgins with uh the face mask or the rip in the face yeah. mask of Jalen Rams I, I can still remember that the Jerry Rice fumbled game the wild card against San Francisco mm -hmm. there's a play where Garrison Hurst shoves his hand and Leroy Butler's like face, his face mask and his head's up like this. And they didn't call it. They didn't call it then. So I don't know. It's good. But Leroy, it's good. I kind of like oh, this yeah. class. You know, there's not really this uh, one headliner, yeah. but there's dessert like Tony Baselli. Um, I don't know. Is there a player that got in that you're like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that that player got in. No, I told you I'm, I'm, I need the hall of fame to be every other year. You think too many guys are getting in? It's just, it's not, no, because I'm not saying they weren't great players or worthy. It's just the event of it all is like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I can get down with that. You're right. Dick Vermeil. Yeah, I'm with, like, I don't know. Like, and then like, and then the way we just automatically throw Stafford in now, like that was the old talk last, you know, Stafford, a hall of fame. Oh. Everyone's talking about today and they're saying yes. And yeah, they're probably right. He probably deserves it now based on stats and a championship. His stats are off the charts. Yeah. Now he's got his ring. So yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Sure. I mean, I never really, I mean, I don't know. I just, 
for some reason it's I wore out of I just I'm not into it like I used to be and it's not and the play it's not about the players they're all like I'm saying they're deserving it's just the event of it I'm like I don't know I think it might be a little watered down it's yeah maybe that's every year there are a couple couple guys that I'm like eh, I don't know like I don't know like Don Coriel isn't in the hall of fame I mean he changed pro football <laughs> Like he, he's the reason there is a nickel defense and a dime defense. And <laughs> it's insane. When you really go back and look at what those charger teams did, it's what yeah, led no, to like the, the to the Cowboys yeah. three Super Bowls and the greatest show on turf and yeah, a route tree and play call, like things we just take for granted started with him. Yeah. That, that should be enshrined. I don't, I don't care. They didn't win a Super Bowl. Like he changed the sport. So I guess Dick Vermeil for me this year is the one where uh, I don't make please somebody tell me if I'm dead wrong. I I don't know either. That's all <laughs> you're great. Somebody's gonna tell you you're dead wrong, but I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Let's call it quits right there. I just and... want to see how many dick how many people come at you about Dick Vermeil now. <laughs> I'm anti Dick Vermeil. <laughs> I mean, even the Rams, like that was Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt That's and Mike Martz, which, by the way, they won with Don Coryell's offense. That's offense. <laughs> Wasn't Dick Vermeil, you know? I, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying he's a terrible coach, but no, he's, I hear you. He was okay, you. I guess. When you hear Hall his name, you don't think, you just don't think Hall of Fame right away. And it, 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 it brings it, it kind of like, the clout and what it means to be a hall of famer kind of chips away at that when that's a good i like how you just said that chips away at it. morton anderson getting in ahead of terrell owens like that was that was insane that yeah like what are we doing yeah and i've got a lot of friends that are on the hall of fame committee and they're you know un- unbelievable at what they do it's a job that I do not want. Like they sit in this room literally all day and debate this stuff. And it is a painstaking yeah. process. I mean, we had P- Peter King on to talk about it and it's like, holy crap. Like I give all the credit. These guys, they, they've got a process and it, it can't be. It's it difficult. Be like, yeah, it, it has to be. It has to be. I do think though, like, about- why not scouts? Why don't people like you, like NFL scouts, should maybe vote on this stuff, right? Like that's that's what I'm saying. Well, now you're now you're gonna water it down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm with you though. I'm with you. It's I mean you could you could go that in deep with it. You really could. All right. Dick All Vermeil, right. if you're listening, you're welcome to come <laughs> on the podcast anytime. Thanks so much, everyone. Yeah. <laughs>